Hey friends, and welcome back to the podcast today. I am seriously so excited for y'all to meet a dear friend of mine that I met about a year ago through a podcast accountability group and coaching program that we were both a part of. And you guys, she, her podcast was one of the first ones that I stalked and I learned so much from it. And when I actually got to be real life friends with her and learn from her, I mean, she has just made my life so much better in so many ways. So I'm really excited for Lauren to share some of her wisdom specifically in regards to getting your life together. This time of year is always such a perfect time to get organized in your business and in your office and really just in your life. Cause Lauren's a pro when it comes to everything from decluttering to organization, to system, systemizing, systematizing <laughs> all the things. Are you dreaming of making a long-term income and impact beyond your own efforts, but feel like you're struggling to replicate your results? I'm Heather, a former burned out boutique owner turned top network marketing leader, and I've learned the hard way that you don't have to do all the things all on your own. Now, my passion is helping social sellers scale their business by choosing faith over fear and using simple duplicatable systems without having to sell your soul to social media. I'm so excited to share with you simple tips, tricks, and tools to help you take your business to the next level. In each episode, I'll share faith-focused wisdom, proven systems that your team can duplicate, and inspiring stories from other leaders who have been right where you are today. Are you ready to grow your team, find joy and fulfillment, and feel free? Break out your favorite pen and notebook, and let's dive in. So Lauren, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. Yes. So for those who are listening, who have not yet stumbled upon your podcast, the intentional edit podcast, will you give us a little bit of the back scoop? Like how did you get into organizing podcasting? Where are you from? Tell us all the things. Absolutely. So, so professional home organizing really was a long time coming for me. I was the kid that was constantly rearranging the furniture in my room, trying to make things better, always wanting to get rid of the things I wasn't using instead of letting them pile up. I was not the typical child or teenager like with the messy room and the stuff all over the floor. So I feel like this is stuff that comes naturally to me. And then over a lifetime of experiences, these things really have been enhanced. So I went to school for education. I've taught both elementary school and high school and everyone would like friends and family would always come to me and say, you know, can I have help with this? Or they want a recipe that I shared or help with party planning or home decor. Or I would find myself at a friend's house organizing a closet, you know, taking every, all their, going through their clothes, taking everything out. And it was fun to me. It was, it was actually something that I enjoyed. And so my friends and family were constantly telling me, you should start a business. You should get paid to do this. You're so good at this. And at the time I was like, organizing is not a legitimate business. Like no one would pay me to do that. Well, fast forward a few years and professional organizing is totally a thing. Now it really has been for the last 10 years or so. Um, it's an, it is something that most people have heard of. So in 2017, I pivoted from a business that I was doing. I had a, a partner in that business. It was product-based in a completely different industry. And I wanted more freedom, a better schedule. And I didn't want to have to have inventory in my home anymore. I wanted the freedom to have my space back and make my home truly a home that 
was something like with the philosophies that I believe in and simplicity and less clutter and all of those things. So I pivoted and closed one business, started another, started professional home organizing, going into people's homes and actually physically doing the organizing either for them or with them. And then in, that was in Arizona. In 2020, we ended up moving to Colorado. And at that time, because of everything that was going on in the world, I started offering virtual sessions just by chance. It wasn't something that I planned. And then I was coaching mostly moms on how to come up with systems to keep their homes organized or to get their homes organized and and really how to create these long lasting habits so that we can keep the clutter out and we can simplify our homes so that we have time to spend and be spend with the people that matter most to us and be less irritated and less frustrated in our environments and give us more time for the things that are really important to us. And that's kind of where that whole thing started. And then I, in 2021, I launched the Intentional Edit podcast. And now I have virtual services that are available and a simplified home course and all that good stuff. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I have absolutely loved listening to your podcast because I, by nature, have always been a very messy, very kind of (laughs) clutter driven person. You can ask anybody who's known me pretty much my whole life. And I can say, first of all, number one, you definitely have a gift. This is a passion and how cool that you've been able to monetize it for yourself, but also be able to bless and serve others, not just in person, but also in the virtual space, which is, which is super cool. But also I can say from my experience that when you kind of get into the routine and you implement the systems and things that you teach, that you can build habits, even if you are by nature, a messy or cluttered person that can completely transform, or like you use my word of the year, freedom a couple of times, and they can give you so much freedom in your physical spaces and your mental space in order to do whatever it it is. And of course, the people that are listening, they, most of them work from home. Some of them are balancing multiple jobs, either raising, you know, a couple kids, or maybe they've got their own business like I used to, or they have a full-time job. And so they're trying to work their, their network marketing business and, you know, be a great leader out of maybe like I'm here in my, the corner of my, um, my guest bedroom, right? So I think that the value that you provide over on your podcast and through your courses is so awesome, but I would love for you to share some tangible tips today with those who really are feeling that, that burden of like overwhelmed and feeling like they've got to get it together. So where, where would you start? Like for someone who maybe is where I was before I discovered all of these processes, like where, where would you start if you want to get it together and get organized? Well, that's really the number one question. Everyone wants to know what is the secret to getting organized? How do you begin? Like, what is that first step? And my favorite thing to tell people is I can't give you that that one solution because it's different for everyone. And you have to identify within your own home, where do you feel the most irritated? Where do you feel the most overwhelmed? And it's an individual solution for you. You will not have the same starting point that your neighbor or your best friend or your sister has because you have a different home. You have a different environment. Like what you just said, you have these people listening that are now working in their homes. So they have to have a designated space for that. But a lot of times that space has to be multi-purpose. So 
if you have to spend hours working or you get to spend hours working from home and have this flexibility, which does give you the freedom that you desire, and that's probably why most people went into these type of professions, then that might be your starting point because you have to come up with a great place for your work where you have a clear head, you can stay focused, you can do the things that you need to do, but also that space has to function as something else, whether it's your dining room table or your guest room or whatever that might be. And then someone else might, it might be the kitchen. A lot of people start with the kitchen because the the counters seem to be a dumping ground for everything. So when you want to find that starting point, you really have to zone into what do you need in your home? What is important and where do you find yourself the most irritated and overwhelmed? And that usually gets you to the place where that is the best place to start for your specific family and your needs. That makes so much sense. So it's like the one that you're going to be the most motivated to actually maintain or to take care of. Um, even if it seems overwhelming at the time, like that, the one that's bothering you the most, it seems like is, is the the place to start. Um, and I, it's funny because the first area that I would say I organized in our home, because I used to own my own business. As you know, I had a boutique and I worked more than full time, about 30 minutes away. I had a big commute. And so the last thing I wanted to do when I had a Sunday off was organize or do anything with my home. I wasn't really entertaining or having people over. And so I didn't even know where to start, but I knew that I had like these like hidden closets that were just filled with stuff. So I remember the very first area that was burdening me was almost like the hidden stuff, like the stuff that people don't even see. And once I got through the rhythm of actually letting that go, and I have a picture somewhere of like my front porch filled with all the junk (laughs) that I actually had to call like a junk removal service to come get, but it was so freeing. And that was the catalyst for me to be able to, you know, take baby steps into other areas. And so I would love to kind of dive more into specifically the the office working area, since again, whether that is a dedicated office space or whether that's like the kitchen counter, like you were saying, what would be some tips for if someone chooses that as their starting point, how would you focus on getting that organized? I would start with what do you need to be successful? Like what are the things that has that have to be in this space? And again, depending on what your job is, like, do you have just a laptop or do you have two giant screens and a laptop and a microphone and all of these external components? Do you have ring lights and a mirror and just whatever your job requires, whatever you need to be successful, start with those things and visualize and really think about how can this space function the best for me and so that I can have success. And then you have to eliminate the clutter. Good organization always starts with getting rid of the things that you don't need, the things that you don't use, and the things that you don't want in your space. And you have to release the guilt around keeping things just because it's something that you have always had or you feel obligated to keep. You need to have things in your environment that feel good and that serve a purpose. So zone in on the things that you have to have to do your job successfully and then do a ruthless purge and declutter and get all of that stuff out that doesn't make sense to have in that area before you set up the space to have success. Okay. I love that advice. Cause you know, I think the closet is where a lot of people like someone's actual personal wardrobe closet is where some people start, or that's where there's an abundance of information. And they say like, take everything out and then sort it and do all the things. 
But what I love about organizing your, your home office is instead of necessarily doing that and categorizing things and then, or like, I know the home edit, they're like, oh, keep all the stuff, just contain it and put bins and organize it and rainbows and all that stuff. Instead, what I hear you saying is not that that's bad advice. I'm not, I know you're not saying that, but what I, what I hear instead is you start with the things that you need. So like for me, I'm looking at my desk. It's my power sheets. It's my little notebook that I take notebooks of everything. It's like some pretty little, um, I guess I could show for the video. Um, it's a pretty little, um, uh, what are those called? Book bookends. Um, I, I do have my little phone, uh, holder, some pretty lamps for extra light. I have my pretty favorite pens my Stanley cup <laughs> and then my calendar that I put all my work related things on. And that's pretty much it. So like basically taking that and then any of the excess stuff you, you either like discard or find like another place for, or like what, it, where, what's a good storage solution? Cause I feel like sometimes it's things that you don't want to like completely get rid of, but it's not things that you're going to necessarily use or need on a day-to-day -day basis. So what do you recommend when it comes to like discarding, but not throwing away the things that you don't use every day? Well, I love, I want to go back just for a second to when you showed all the things on your desk and those things are there with intention. You were intentional about, I use these things to have, have success in my work. And for some people, the only thing they need is a laptop. They can work anywhere. They don't have to have a room. They don't have to have an office. They don't even need a desk really. They are probably working on the couch on their laptop and that's great, but you have figured out to be successful. You, you want to have, you know, your water bottle, your, your colored pens to color code things, your calendar, you need a couple of different notebooks and that's what works for you. And so that's why I said, think about the thing is that you need in terms of the storage, the, that's going to be dictated a lot by the space that you have available to you and of course, you have to sort things and make sure they're in categories, make sure they're grouped in like items. And then you do that step before you purchase your storage. A lot of people do it in reverse and they go get the bins and the cute baskets and the matching containers. And then everything just gets dumped into these and they wonder why they can't find anything. And they wonder why the organization doesn't stick. It's because it's not just organized. It's just everything was dumped into a cute container. And that's not what organization is. So if you have a desk and you have the drawers in that desk, put the things that you use most often and that you need to access most frequently in your drawers. And then the thing is that you don't use as often or you don't need very often, then those can be on a shelf in a high up location. Or if there is something in your business that comes out seasonally, that can be in a location that is more difficult to get to. But the things that you need all the time have those easily available to you so that you can just open a drawer or open a cabinet and grab that. You don't want to have that in behind a cabinet door in a container and then a smaller container within that container. That just doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah. That is super helpful. Seriously, super helpful because that, I think that is the struggle for those of us that like to like hoard and keep things or collect things. But when you focus more on the intentional, like the name of your brand and podcast, the intentional edit, like when you're focusing just on the things that you actually are going to be using regularly, and then you take away the physical aspects 
and put them in a place, like you said, where you can actually go and access them pretty easily, which now funny enough, a lot of that stuff, that same closet I first cleaned, cleaned out, that's where I put all my extra stuff, the stuff that I don't use, like my, I call it my party in a box when I bring um, my makeup stuff, you know, to other people's houses to teach them like my little paint parties with the makeup. I have all that stuff in that closet. I have my like big ring light and things like that. Because again, I don't, I find that I don't necessarily use that during the day. So that's such good advice for the kind of physical side of things. But I also would love for you to talk about kind of the mental capacity, because you were actually a part of the uh, goal setting workshop that I recently did that is still actually accessible at heatherkburgecom slash goals. And I love that we were kind of chatting about somebody said that they had a goal to kind of get their life together and clutter or declutter. And you chimed in and gave beautiful advice that when you do that, when you do the physical side of things, it has an impact on the mental side of things as well. So maybe talk through that, like how you kind of tie the two together, the physical and the mental side of decluttering. (laughs) Well, I think a good example for this, because a lot of people want to put things in little boxes and what they do at work is different than what they do at home. And the way that their home feels and looks, they want to have that be separate from how they function and the clarity in their head. But in reality, if you break your hip, you that can throw off your shoulders and your back and cause all kinds of problems. And even though you're only in a cast or having surgery to fix this one body part that's broken, a whole bunch of things go into the healing and making you whole again. And your nutrition plays a huge part. You have to make sure that you are balanced and walking correctly because this one injury can have a snowball effect of negativity. And it's the same thing with the clutter in our homes. So even if you feel like that you're not an organized person, that doesn't bother you. There's a bunch of stuff everywhere, piles all over the place, knickknacks, you know, on every shelf the that environment is negatively affecting you because the physical clutter and the mental clutter go hand in hand so when people that think that it really doesn't affect them there there is not a correlation once they remove the clutter then all of a sudden they always they're like i can take a deep breath i can breathe again or they feel they tell me that they feel so much lighter they didn't know that it was bothering them but it's overstimulating it's it's too much for your environment and when you get rid of those things I'm not saying like sparse everything can't have a picture on the wall every surface has to be completely empty that's not what we want either there's a balance and some people really can tolerate a little bit more but some people can't and they don't realize how heavy all of that stuff is because there's there's not that freedom to breathe and take a deep breath you want your home environment just like you want your office or your work environment wherever you spend time you want it to be a place where you can rest and relax And if you have piles of laundry that need to be folded and stacks of paper and a sink full of dirty dishes and all of these things, even if you're not consciously thinking that you have to get all of these things done and clean up and fold the laundry and do the dishes and put this away and sign this permission slip form and all of those things, they're subconsciously on your mind and you're you're, you see them. So your, your brain knows I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to to do this. And it's adding to the stress and the overwhelm, even if you're not 
thinking about those things like on the front of your mind every second of the day. They're still there. They're still weighing you down. Oh yeah, that is so good. As you were saying that, I kept thinking of like those little little areas like you were saying that I'm like, oh, I've got to take care of that. And and it does, it it spills into like the home stuff or the kid, even my kids' rooms sometimes like get obviously kids' rooms are like a whole other beast. <laughs> but even just the way or the things like one time I actually did purge their stuff and I left them all it all in the hallway for like months at a time. Like there's just like piles of stuff we're keeping, piles that we're donating. And it just like is in the hallway in between their rooms. And you're so right that especially given the fact that I actually work from home and sometimes I'm in my office. Sometimes like you said, I might be on my laptop in my bed. I would say half the time I'm actually on my, uh, my Island in my kitchen, like you were saying, but it's like that weight of having that, that visual and mental clutter, that action that I know I'm going to have to spend a solid hour of my time to take care of. It's it like weighs on me in so many areas. Whereas if I would just take that hour of time to take the time to declutter, to get it all together, the impact that that could have on something like my business and the freedom that I have to be able to do that. Like that is so huge. So that, I think that's really, really great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And so you said a lot of the time you're sitting at your kitchen island. So if your island is covered with the stuff, because if we don't have the right habits in place, then the kitchen island, the kitchen counters, the kitchen table, all of that really becomes the number one dumping ground. It's a flat surface. Everything is set there. And if we have the like great systems in place that do become habits, then these things get cleared off and the kitchen island is cleared off and the things are put away. And this is just something that happens as part of our routine. But when we haven't set the intentions and created the good systems, then the things pile up. So you're sitting at your kitchen island trying to work, but all of these things are surrounding you. So it actually decreases your productivity because of all the things around you. And there's all kinds of studies and statistics that show just how it doesn't matter if you're a mom or a college student, if you have a clean and clutter-free work environment, you can be productive for longer and get more done in a shorter amount of time. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and I love that you touched on systems because I know you and I've had that conversation before and I've, through listening to your podcast and getting to know you better, I know that you don't just focus on the actual physical decluttering or organizational stuff. You love and are so into systems. So for those that like, when you say the word systems, like for me and you, we love some strategy, love some systems, love a spreadsheet, all that. But for those who are like systems, what's a system? How can that help me get my life together? Will you talk a little bit more about how systems can be life-changing? Yes, yeah, systems for sure are life-changing. They are the key to staying organized, but systems are really taking a unhealthy habit and everything that we do from how we wake up in the morning, do you go get a cup of coffee first? Do you have quiet time? Do you brush your teeth? In what order that happens, those are habits. And a lot of times our habits serve us and are helpful because habits are things that do not take up any mental energy. We just do these things out of habits. They're almost like a ritual that we don't think about. But a lot of times habits become what I like to call unhealthy habits because they're not serving us. They're actually wasting our time. They're wasting the minutes of our day. Like if you wake up in the morning and your alarm clock goes off, you go get your coffee, you sit down on the couch, and all of a sudden you're opening the social apps on your phone and you're scrolling. And before you know it, 
before you know it, 20 or 30 minutes are wasted, that would be an unhealthy habit. And how do we break that? We break that with an intentional habit. And part of the habit is the system. So if you want to change your morning routine or you are struggling with getting the laundry done, one thing that can be great is when you wake up in the morning, one of the first things you do is to put a load of laundry in the washing machine. And by the time you get home from breakfast and dropping your kids off at school, you get home, you can switch that to the dryer. And that took maybe two minutes to do those two things, but you've integrated that into your habit pretty soon. That becomes something that you don't even think about. It's something that you are now on top of. It is part of this habit or this ritual that you just do. It doesn't take any of your mental energy. And it is part of the morning routine. The The term systems and routines can be interchangeable a lot. Um, but that's what I'm talking about when we're talking about good setting up good systems, setting up these good systems and routines. And the main difference between systems and routines is the routine is what you're doing in that habit. The system is part of that, but the system is also something like putting a hook on the door so that you hang up your purse when you walk in the door. It's more the tangible or like the physical thing that you do or you switch or you put a basket next to the front door for shoes to come off when people walk into the house to keep those in a contained area. So you are adding a routine, which is taking off the shoes. And the the system part of that is the basket is there to make it so that you can have success with that new routine. Or And, and the goal is for the routine to become the healthy habit. I love that. And I think so often I remember learning this in one of a coaching program I was a part of one time that so many of the tasks that weigh us down or that are on our to-do list, especially as working mamas (laughs) are things like laundry, which in our mind takes such a, a big set or amount of time, or even like when I said it was going to take me an hour to clear out that hallway in reality, like you said, it takes less than five minutes to take the clothes put them in the washer, scoop some laundry or throw the little pot in the thing, close the door, hit the buttons, press go. Like everybody has that extra five minutes, even if you are like not a morning person or you're running behind in the morning. And when it becomes, like you said, a a system and a habit, and it's a routine that you just do, or like, I just thought, as you were saying that I can even get my kids into that routine. Um, and, and so I feel like that is, is really great advice. Do you, can you think of some other ones? Cause I, I love the laundry one. I actually love the shoe one too. What are some of your other go-to kind of systems that especially can work for moms that work from home? One I love is, well, a couple in the kitchen, but one of them is around dinner time. And so many moms are saying, you know, I want to be more intentional about having dinner at home and actually cooking dinner, not just picking something up. And I've coached for a long time on easy meal planning to get the dinner on the table so that you can have dinner with your family, which is so important. But the sometimes the idea of the dishes and all of the mess and the cleanup is too overwhelming. And if you find yourself in that place, and even if you don't, if you're already cooking dinner, if you want to save yourself time, do the dishes while you are cooking dinner. When you are stirring something on the stove, wash that cutting board, put it in the dishwasher, whatever you're using, the measuring cups, anything that you're using, 
choosing to cook that you're done with, put those in the dishwasher then. And by the time that you sit down to have dinner or serve dinner to the kids, then it's all cleaned up. And the only thing you have to wash after dinner is the plates and the forks that were used to actually eat the food. And to take this a step further, another thing that's great is if you have younger kids and you want them to have simple, very basic chores that just take up two or three minutes, they can be responsible for taking the plates from the kitchen island or from the kitchen table to the sink. And depending on their age, they either leave them there or they rinse them and put them in the dishwasher. And that's just two or three minutes. And then the dinner time cleanup is really insignificant. Mm. I hadn't even thought about that. And I know, you know, you were speaking to my heart because we've had this conversation that those intentional meal times are something that I have been, you know, really trying to intentionally focus on lately. Um, and I had not even thought about that. Sometimes I think the, the almost dread or the, the lack of being able to do the action of preparing a meal for our family is because we're thinking about all those extra steps that we're going to have to do after the fact. So if you can, like you said, integrate it and they don't take a lot of time or include your kids. And next thing you know, you finish, you finish the meal and the dishes are done. You've empowered your kids to have healthy habits and it makes it less overwhelming the next time you go to cook dinner, right? Absolutely, it does. And you can tie in so much more to that with if you are packing lunches for your kids, either take, I like to do like a Sunday refresh, reset, kind of restock thing where, and, and a lot of people just say, oh, you're meal prepping, putting the the cut up carrots or washing the fruit and then putting those in the individual baggies. So then in the refrigerator, you just have one place to go. And if your kids pack their own lunches, they just go to that one drawer or that one container, grab what they need. And they know that they get one, one fruit and one vegetable each day for lunch. And if you put them, if you use reusable containers or whatever that looks like, that make it easy. But if you don't want to do that on a Sunday, you can also do that one night during dinner. And I coach a lot with, and I doing schedule audits because sometimes we are so stuck in the difficulties of the day to day. And we're so overwhelmed with what our own lives look like. We can't see the gaps and we, we don't see where we have these minutes to do little things. Like when I said, put the load of laundry in that takes you, you know, one minute, put that in. And then an hour later, you switch it to the dryer. So when, when I do the schedule audits, it's very helpful to look from the outside in because I can see little changes, make it so that you're not spending 45 minutes every night doing all the daily dishes. Instead, we now have this practice where during the dinner making, you're getting those dishes done. You're creating habits where everyone is responsible for taking their dishes to the sink during the day and putting them in the dishwasher, things like that. And to, uh, again, this is all very specific and very in, individualized to how old are the kids in your home? Who lives in your home? Are you working inside of the home or outside of the home? And then we come up with what makes sense for you to have the most success and the most amount of time that like intentional time in your day and you just you reevaluate and you move some things around you're probably not going to be doing things the way that they've always been done because that's not working so you're finding a better system a better routine to add more margin to your day for for you to do things with your family and the people you care about and do things that you want to be doing 
and have the intentional time, have the intentional minutes together. That's such great advice to really take the time to audit how you actually are spending your time. And I know that they say the way you can know where your priorities are is by doing an audit of your time and your money, right? It's like where your money goes and where your time goes, that's what's most important. So for those of us that are trying to get those in the right order, I feel like taking the time to do that would be would be so amazing. And you have some incredible tools and resources beyond your Intentional Edit podcast, right? At your website, which I know is intentionaledit.com. Talk through some resources, including the upcoming, I'm so excited, you guys, she's gonna be doing a free workshop that is coming up um, February 1st, right? So tell us about that. Tell us about your website, all the things. Yes. So I'm doing a little decluttering boot camp, which will be fun. It'll just be a couple of days starting on February 1st, where I'm going to walk you through some of the essential steps you need to actually declutter and purge the items in your home that are weighing you down. So if you have the intention this year to get organized and make this the year that you finally get organized and get rid of the things that are no longer serving you and your family, then definitely join me in the decluttering bootcamp. You can always um, come over to intentionaledit.com. I have all kinds of resources on there from organizing ideas, product recommendations. I even have some recipes, like all kinds of things over there. And then the intentional edit podcast. I would love to have you listen. Yes. And you even, for those who really need a deep dive, you've got an awesome course, right? Is it the simplified home masterclass? Is that, is, is that the course that you offer? Yes. Yes. That's it. And the simplified home masterclass really is all inclusive. We go through the clutter, why we have clutter, how common clutter is. And it's not something to be embarrassed or ashamed about and how to get rid of it, how to declutter and do it the right way so that the clutter doesn't come back and then put you in a mindset to really think about what you're letting come into your home. So after the decluttering and the purging is done, then I walk you through the steps on exactly how to organize, how to make sure that your organization will stick for the long term. And I have modules in that course on at on organizing every single room in your home. So if you have specific areas that you want to go to after you learn the proper ways to declutter and organize, you can go to those individual rooms and see examples and what works and what you should set up. And then we have to include systems in there. So how to set up the good systems and routines so that the organization lasts. So the Simplified Home Masterclass is great if you know that you are fed up and you want to be organized this year, then definitely check out the Simplified Home Masterclass. I love it so much. And as we kind of wrap up, you kind of touched on something that I know will speak to the heart of my listeners, especially the ones that have been listening since I was scale without social. (laughs) I feel like a big part of, of the social media kind of comparison rat race is that whenever somebody takes a picture, you're, it's rare for you to see like the clutter, right? Like that exists probably in every single person's home. I know some people are like neat freaks, but I don't know. Those people are few and far between. And the fact that you normalize the fact that people by nature are messy, it's just a lack of not having the systems and the tools and the resources that you teach, right? 
Um, but realizing that it's not about how it's going to appear. Like you don't want to do this so that your home can look better for social media or, so, or for like that one little box of a picture. And then you have all this like hidden crazy clutter wherever in your home. It's about doing it for yourself, right? Like so that you can feel free, you can experience freedom in to do whatever it is that you do. If you're running your, you know, your business from home, um, you know, trying to kind of balance all the things like being able to do it and do it for you for the long run, I think is seriously one of the best gifts and one of the best goals that somebody could set for this year. So thank you for so much, Lauren. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I love it. Well, is there anything else that you want to leave um, everybody with as we sign off for the day? Well, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on as a guest. It has been so fun to get to know you this year. And I have loved listening to your podcast and listening to all the episodes. And you have such a great advice and especially your guests. I have learned so much from people that I've discovered through your podcast. So thanks for having me. And I can't wait to continue to listen. Oh, yay. That means so much. It's seriously, you have just been such a blessing to me. So I'm so thrilled to be able to share your wisdom with everybody. And y'all be sure to check out Lauren at the Intentional Edit podcast and then intentionaledit.com. So yay. Thanks again, Lauren. I'm so grateful for your time with me today. Feel free to check out heatherkburge.com for all the scoop on all the things. Also, I've got a huge favor. If you found any value from today's episode, would you mind leaving me a quick review or even better, share with a friend by clicking those three little dots at the bottom of your screen, sending you big hugs.